Turtle Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco, the creative duo behind uh, the image run of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which later on became the uh, IDW's Urban Legends line, which just recently wrapped up. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing good. Thanks so much for doing this, guys. I, it's one, I mean, Volume 3 is a, a book that is, uh, I think, personal to the people who were on board for it when it ran and uh certainly one of the most interesting and ambitious takes in the turtles so i I really appreciate talking to you guys oh no problem okay yeah i guess to start i wanted to find out how you guys ended up in comic books uh gary can we start with you how did you find you what were you working on before turtles well i um i started a book called megaton back in the 80s and that, that was, I spent the 80s working on Megaton. Um, I decided at the time in 1981, uh, there were a lot of guys at comic shows, a lot of real good artists who <laughs> I couldn't believe they weren't working for Marvel and DC. And they said Marvel and DC weren't hiring. So I decided that somebody could. And I talked to a bunch of them and... Uh, first guy I asked was Mike Gustavich, and he said yes. He'd draw a story, and then I uh, went, you know, I, other guys that were in Megaton number one were uh, Dan Reed, Eric Larson, um, Mr. Fosco there, uh, my buddy Chris Ecker, and one or two other guys. And uh, I spent the 80s trying to get it going. I mean, it was a 64-page book, and... It just was a massive amount of work getting that much stuff together for a book. I mean, the first two issues were 64 pages. And after that, I started cutting back to 48 and finally got real smart with number five, I think, and cut it back to a 32-page book and concentrated on the main character. But uh, that's basically how I got into comics. I just published my way in and... Uh, other guys that came on, Angel Medina did some of his first work for me. Clark Hellbaker did. Uh, a fellow named Rob Liefeld came along and uh, published an inside front cover by him. And I think it was issue five and then a backup story by him and eight. And we were all set to publish a book called Young Blood, but the orders just weren't there in 87. We were kind of buried in the black and white explosion. And, uh, that's when I gave up comics for a couple of years to rest. <laughs> ah. that, that's how I got into comics. That's how I met the fellows I knew. And what about you, Frank? Uh, especially I got in there with Gary. Uh, he saw my stuff on a triad magazine, a, uh, a local magazine in the Chicagoland area, a music magazine. And I had some artwork on the cover and Gary contacted me through, uh, you know, he hunted me down. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I, Contacted yeah, Triad or just looked you up. It probably yeah. said where you lived. So yeah, yeah. And we, he found me through through that magazine, and uh, you know, back then they had the yellow pages. You know, yeah, the to the phone book. So I don't know if that's how he did it, but that's where we're from. When they used to have phone books, yeah, <laughs> old guys. Yeah. So, and I basically did. You know, the, my character Ethereum was on that Triad magazine cover, and we used that character inside Megaton. Oh, that's his, uh, his independent book. 
So you guys had worked together quite a bit before uh, Turtles came your way. Yes. Very cool. Basically, the Megaton stuff, and then uh, I guess the next thing would have been Turtles, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I said, in 1987, I shut down Megaton and just took a break. It was, it had been a kind of a lot of work that decade. And I, a couple of years later, um, Rob and Eric and some other guys started Image Comics. And I was briefly famous for being the place where not only they got started, but Savage Dragon was in Megaton, whatever, two, three, and four. And yeah. Rob's first work and there's young blood promos and stuff in the last couple issues and all around. And so 1992 people were talking image and they were talking uh, young blood. And so that, that kind of got me back into comics and, and it worked out. Okay. All right. We started off with uh, Megaton. Yep. And then uh, we did some stuff for Eric when he did launched off into image. We did some, uh, I was doing some backup stories for for Vanguard book that was coming <laughs> out, but I had some backups already drawn out, but then the book got canceled. So, but we wound up using those that those backups into a one shot. After a while, like eight years later, that's it that long. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when did the, the Vanguard stuff come out? Like ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, ninety three and four. Yeah. So in 2000, we published, we took up, took those backup stories and we added more material to it and did a one-shot, 48-page one-shot called uh, Vanguard Ethereal Warriors, featuring my character and, and Vanguard. And uh, that stuff's been being reprinted now in Savage Dragon. Yep, in color. 20 years ago. So it's <laughs> in color now. Back then it was in black and white, but now it's in color. Broken up into like six-page increments. And, uh, but after I did the, the, the Vanguard stuff, you know, which didn't get published till later, I went to work for DC doing some filling stuff and, uh, Legion, Legionnaires and, uh, a couple of issues arriving and a Superman annual. And then the turtle stuff came along. Now, on how the, yeah. now, how did the turtles end up at image? There, uh, Eric knew somebody who did who did Eric know? They got him. Hey Gary, still there? Yeah, I yeah, my <laughs> <It> video. <laughs> yeah. Was it Kevin um, Dooley or Yeah, as far as I I mean Eric uh used them. They guest starred in I think issue two of his the three issue miniseries when he first started. Right, right. And they liked his take on the turtles and what he did with them and you know, his sales must have been down at Mirage. And as far as I know, they asked Eric if he wanted to publish them, publish it, at, you know, at Image through his highbrow studios. And, um, you know, he told them he couldn't do it. He was having a hard time getting the book out on a monthly basis, Savage Dragon. And so he told them, yeah, but, you know, he'd have somebody do it and that that was it he checked with frank and i and asked if we'd be interested and we said sure, sure. <laughs> i mean you know we worked with him we worked with mirage i would send the plots and ideas to mirage through peter laird and we worked the stuff out and i'd write them up and frank could draw them and 
that was that was it. It was fairly loose, but you know we had people uh, keeping track of us, so we weren't doing too many stupid things. <laughs> I, I think the the main I think the main rule was no female turtles, as I recall. So, and even that we snuck one in. Um, an issue, whichever, 10 or 11 or something. Oh, yeah, it's a that. joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just one just... or two panels. But uh, yeah. but that was it. They said no female turtles. They didn't want to do that. So we said, okay. I, I think I think Mirage's uh, suggestion at the very beginning was start it with a bang and start off by killing Splinter. And uh, we didn't buy into that. We just figured people would hate us for doing something like that and they ended up hating us anyway <laughs> but uh it wasn't for killing splinter anyway he kind of dragged on through the whole thing so well you know uh, that was one thing i wanted to ask you guys too was uh were eastman and laird involved at all or, or so you said you just sent it through laird was eastman not there peter, uh peter laird was i don't recall working with eastman at all back then okay and Larson, uh, which is kind of like what ran through him as well, because I, I think Larson and Dooney did Savage Dragon together, if I'm not mistaken, in like 93, I think. No, it could I, be. I, I do not yeah. know. I, okay. I think they did. Did like a little one-shot story. Yeah. Could be. And Larson kind of oversaw the book as well, because I'm trying, like, what was his role in it? Editor. Editor-in-chief, yeah. Yeah, yeah just kind of overseeing things. and Yeah. Just having fun looking at the stuff. He was inking yeah. the covers. He was inking the covers I was penciling. So from issues three to uh, 23, he inked all the covers. He inked the first issue, didn't so he? He was involved with, the, you know, kind of watching, overseeing what we were doing and uh, inking the covers. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny. I have uh, I have the original image issues, um, which I'd gotten into probably in the early 2000s when I worked at a comic shop. And, um, and... I'm rereading. I just f finished rereading them, and I was going back to like the letters section, and it's such a weird time capsule because you guys started in such a weird place in turtle history. Like the cartoon yeah. didn't end yet, but it was clearly ending. Yeah. And then uh, next mutation was on the horizon, so like there's letters in there like saying, "Are you guys adding a female turtle and stuff like that?" And yeah. and, and you, Gary, saying, "No, there's no female turtle going to be in the book," and. Like all these things saying, no, we're not doing that. Like next mutation comes and goes. And it's weird to read the letters to see like what time this was in turtle history. It's very strange. Yeah, the turtles were only 12 years old when Gary and I took over. I'm what, they're 35 now? Yeah. So, and the idea, you know, it was don't do yeah. um, the cartoon turtles. I right. mean, really and truly, I thought the idea was to go back to the roots. You know, the early... Uh, and that's what we did. I mean, I went, they, yeah, yeah Frank, Eric asked if I'd want to write it. I went out and bought all the issues that were available at that point. And after I finally tracked them all down, I got a box in the mail with, <laughs> with the comics in it. And I he sent them on to Frank. So, <laughs> yeah. so we both had reference, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just took a look and said, okay, we're not doing, they don't want us to do that stuff. I don't want to do that stuff. And, kind of keyed in on what the, the city at war and one or two of the Eastman and Laird ones and said, okay, we'll go kind of this direction. And 
that's pretty much what I did, you know, sent it in and got okayed and uh, off we went. Yeah. Well, your take was intended to be the extension of volume two, right? Like, it, like volume two was only a handful of issues that are in color, but like it was meant to continue off of the events that Eastman and Laird, et cetera, had done in volumes one and two, right? I can't guarantee that we were looking to go right on from that. No, okay. I, I'd have to look back and see what was in there. Like I said, I was kind of keying off the, the, some of the Eastman and Laird direct stuff, you know? So, she did war, what, what yeah. Not? Yeah, I think we kind of did our own thing. I, I got those books from Gary and I kind of looked them over real quick, but we kind of just did our own thing. You know, by trying to stay true to to concept spirit of the turtles, you know. But yeah, but then we you know we turned them on their head and inside out and had fun with them. And uh, some people loved it. And some people thought, you know, what we did the dinosaurs like we kicked the the, the house pet or something, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I mean what you guys did though. Like I said, is one of the most ambitious takes. I mean, like you kind of. Uh, I mean, well, starting with Donnie, but like, you know, you turned Donatello into a cyborg. Um, did you want to say anything about cyborg Donnie? Because he's one of the most different cool takes that Donnie's ever had. So it's just, well, A, I mean, the first issue, we were supposed to be color, right, Frank? Yes. And then orders came in and <laughs> all of a sudden it was a black and white book. Yeah. But even so, before that, even before that, I mean, we were told they were all going to be wearing the red bandanas. Yeah. And especially in a black and white book, Eric requested something to go on so you could tell which turtle was which without them holding their weapons all the time. Yeah. And that's where we did it. I mean, we just, yeah, I mean, Donatello became a cyborg because... Donatello doesn't jeans. I mean, as <laughs> as close as as we got to the cartoon was. I mean, Mike was the party guy, Leo was the leader, Ralph was kind of an aggressive jerk, and Donatello does machines. So uh, he became a cyborg. It, it kind of tied in. We didn't do it to. I mean, Raphael was it? Raphael's face got blasted off in the beginning. We didn't do it to be jerks or, or, or anything uh, that really was the, you know, part of the, the making them different. Yeah. Ralph's face got blasted and he was wearing one of uh, Casey's masks, you know, and uh, uh, that's pretty much how that, that stuff came about. Yeah. I mean, we, a lot of people complained about the you destruction. Know, we just figured, geez, they're fighting and yeah. whatever, they're going to get injured. So, I think uh, when we brought him back and having him reprint in IDW, I think we kind of got like a little uh, resurgence in the popularity with them because, you know, they're, they're really liking what we did. And, and the editor over at IDW, Megan, she, she really loved what, what we were doing. If she has her way, there might be a part two. Oh, wow. <laughs> if she has her way. No, we'll, not holding our, we're not holding our breath or anything oh. like that, but, you know, hey, whatever, you know, so... But yeah, we had fun doing what we did with them. Uh, yeah, some people came around to the Donatello thing after a while, you know, you know, revisiting it again because a lot of these kids that watched all the stuff back in the nineties are in their forties now, 
and now they're, they're re kind of rehearsing and rereading this stuff and looking at it again. Now it's in color. And I think some of them came around and really liked what we did. You're still going to have your hardcore, you know, don't mess with my turtles, but yeah. Well, I mean, and what was going on back then? I mean, like I said, the, the main thing, the movies were out. Yep. The cartoons were out. And we weren't doing those versions of the turtles. I mean, we were told not to. And uh, yeah. we'd go to comic store signings and people would be bringing their five-year-old kids in. And we'd say, don't know if you want to show your kid these books. It's pretty violent. Oh, no, the turtles, that's okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, all thing. we heard over the years was oh, you're doing that image style violence and blah blah blah. And it's like I don't know that we were really influenced by the image style violence or anything. Frank wasn't drawing like Rob or anybody, you know. We were just uh, trying to tell some stories. I don't see it as any more violent than the original few books were. To be honest. Well, I didn't think so either. I mean, short of some of the mutilations there, but <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I mean, that stuff happened and they, they lived with it and went on. I mean, it was not, it, it didn't keep happening. It just, you know, kind of happened and they either got better or, you know, they all along they were getting better. They just didn't know that, you know, as the whole thing turned out that, that, uh, the AI, cyborg machinery was stunting his recovering from it so um so anyway i mean when you back go back and read those original mirage books too and i love them but like in so many of the panels you have no idea who which turtles which true like so i, I think differentiating them is a logical and for a black and white book i mean yeah, you guys found interesting ways to do that. I mean, Raph and the Casey mask is an image that I, I love. And then later on, of course, you had Raphael becoming Shredder. I mean, was that a take? Was that something that people revolted against too? I didn't hear anyone complain about that. It just oh, cool. kind of made sense. I mean, Shredder I got like killed, that. and he was such a big part of it. It's like, eh, have him in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. They, you know, when it covered 13, they couldn't even tell that that was a raft. You just see like a red mask in his hand. And if you look at the, the shape of the shell in front and the guy's kind of got the squatness and the size of a turtle. So, <laughs> but yeah, we, it's a great image. I mean, like that, and not for nothing, but those two, like, I feel like those two are the most like, notable things that people took away uh like you know splinter Raphael and and cyborg donnie both of which have been used elsewhere too like cyborg donatello has been used similarly in the latest idw run when donatello became metalhead for a bit and even now he's got a metal shell years later and um in uh, the 2012 series he became a cyborg on the cart and nickelodeon and then uh, uh, Shredder Raff was even thrown into the 2003 series, if not mistaken. So those ideas permeated later on. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really followed what anybody else no. was doing afterwards or they really follow much in the beginning. Sure. I kind of looked into them when, you know, when it became our turn to do them. It's like, okay, I guess we get, should get to know these guys a little bit, you know? 
Yep. And uh, when they first came out, that was just a silly, goofy idea. You know, Gary and I were doing our own thing with Megaton, you know, with Ether and stuff like that. And Turtles came out. I was like, what the heck is this? And that was part of the black and white glove at the time, too. But then, you know, they took off and my, my kids dug them. And, you know, when Eric made the call for us to do the Turtles, it was like, hey, you know what? My kids like, I might as well check it out and see what we can do with them. And Yeah. That's it. And yet, like I said, they were kind of on a downward trend. I'd tell people. Oh, I'm going to be writing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's like, God. <laughs> yeah. I always felt like you're putting a nail in your coffin in the comic biz, you know, yeah. with, sure. with other uh, companies. You know, if you want to work for Marvel or DC, you're doing the Turtles. <laughs> like some kind of taboo or something. No, nah, you know, <laughs> but you know what? They're as, as iconic as Superman and Mickey Mouse, you know? You got it. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, one thing too, I wanted to mention was, uh, you know, the, I think I failed to realize this the first go around, but, uh, when I reread it, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I really like what you did with Leo, like the team, the, like the turtles in that whole series don't function as a team, right? Like, the stories about them kind of growing apart and Leo becomes kind of a bitter jerk about it, which makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, like, I like, I, I don't think I appreciate the first go around, but you, what you did with Leonardo is really interesting because he, he doesn't know what to do when he's not leading. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much how he went. I mean, Raph was forever butting heads with him and later on Mike gets kind of distracted and he helps out and stuff, but he's <laughs> more interested in his writing and, and all. So, and yeah. Raph was always kind of wanting to usurp uh Leo's leadership. Yep. And so he kind of got around that by coming to Shredder, you know, yeah. go leave the foot. So he kind of found leadership somewhere else and kind of maybe left a bad taste in Leo's mouth, thinking, you know what, I'm supposed to be the leader of this group. And what's going on over here? <laughs> You're kind of going off with these guys over here. You know, I thought you were with us, but, you know, we had fun doing them. It was cool. I, that image of Raphael as Shredder, too, is one of those ones that just, like, again, sticks with me. I'm a huge action figure collector, which you probably can see behind me. And I, like, that's one thing I've always wanted as a toy is just Raphael decked up in Shredder gear. I'm, I'm still waiting for the day. But that it's such a cool take on both Raph and Shredder. And it's just one of those things that makes, like I said, your run so, like, ambitious, which I, I really... Cyberdyne. Yeah, Cyberdyne, too. That's what we call it. We call it Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne, sorry. Th those two, I would love to. Like, I, I just think that they're just cool takes. And then eventually Leo lost his arm. But, I mean, and I like, I like, you know, even with some of what you guys did with Michelangelo is what other people would do later on, too, where he's kind of, he's always been the most sensitive of the bunch, um, or at least. They're all, he's a romantic. Yeah. And also, like, he's, he's not, you know, do we always have to fight all the time, you know? They're always yeah. constantly getting, like, looking for trouble. And I, what, what happens when one of them doesn't want to do that all the time? So. <laughs> he wants to write books. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys did some cool stuff with uh, with Leatherhead where he was uh, degenerating and then zapped off into space. Did you ever have any plans to kind of come back and figure out, well, what happened to Leatherhead? We'll have to find out in Urban Legends too. All right. <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing it out there. And they kind of want to know if Mikey's uh, – not Mikey, uh, Raph's space is going to heal. Well, we didn't get far enough there. Maybe it's a slower process when it's burnt, but I think we would eventually have him heal up, you know? Yeah. So, 
maybe a little scar, whatever. But did you want to say anything right. about Splinter as a bat? What, what was that? that? Did you want to say anything about Splinter turning into a bat? That was Gary's yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just. <laughs> so it's going to go off. We turned him around. Yeah, it just kind of. It kind of led to the Night Watchman story, and that was a cool. Take. Like I said, everything was a cool take and just different stuff. I mean, it's not something you like. I I, I saw again look, looking at the letters page. You had some people being like, "Oh, what have you done to Splinter? You've ruined him, whatever." And it's like it's it's a story. He changes back. Like it's not like he didn't keep the wings forever. So like he, like even you were saying like in the letters like it's it's I'm wrapping up the story. It's fine. Don't worry, everybody. And it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it, you know. Um, I don't know. Even people that I knew, I mean, I'd I'd send them the books, and they'd say, "Oh, thanks," you know. And she's two years after the book was canceled. I heard back from some. They're like, "I finally got around to reading these. They were a lot of fun. They were like a a great Marvel book where every issue led to the next one and kept you wanting more." And they're like, "Well, thanks, but you're <laughs> you're a couple of years late." Yeah, so was I. I probably got them. Let's see, I was in high school, so it was probably around 01, 02. Maybe I started in my comic shop uh, uh, had had the whole run, and that was the first time I discovered it was two, three years after it was already gone. So yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was short-lived. Another thing we also did that wasn't very uh, done often with the with the turtles is like leaving their masks off. Mm-hmm. Them not wearing their mask. That was kind of what our thing that we did. And it's like, you know, the only reason they should have their mask on is when they're in ninja mode. They're yeah. ready to battle or you're, you're going to prowl. So I, I would leave their masks off when they were kind of just relaxed and just about doing their own, you know, hanging out and stuff like that. You know, well, why are you always wearing your mask? So I took the mask off of you. And uh, I always like that. Like when they're eating breakfast and stuff, like why? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're in a mask, mask on before you eat. Oh, well, now we got. Well, now we've got a different kind of mask to tell us to put our mask on. Yeah, that way they can oh, tell each other apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Frank, I wanted to give you a shout out. I, I don't know if you remember drawing this, but an issue I, I just stumbled upon an issue number twenty, Splinter watching South Park, which I thought was hysterical. Oh yeah, was he? Was it South Park? <laughs> oh yeah, it was South Park, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you threw Splinter and watching yeah. South Park, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, it tells you how old South Park is now, too. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> they were around that long. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in 99, uh, the book was, so it started in 96, and the last issue was in October 99. So, like, who canceled the book? Was it Image, or did Mirage pull the plug? Like, why did it end? I don't know if Mirage was looking to get restarted but i i know the sales were low i mean even from the first issue they were lower than expected you know and uh they just they kept going down i mean i think from issue 15 on we kind of figured every issue could be the last one and we you know it dragged on for another eight issues or so and finally they're like okay this one's it (laughs) Yeah, and we were done. I I think we get got a little slower and slower getting them out just because we kind of figured, well, we're done. It's like, nope, they need this one. We'll finish this one up. We'll finish that one up. So, 
That was just yeah. my take on it. Yeah, maybe 23 issues. Yeah. And then yeah. some, and it ends with, and it ends, I mean, it doesn't even end with a cliffhanger, but it does end with like, you did make an effort to wrap it back up because it was another kind of bookend birthday party thing. Yeah. It was like a logical place, but there was still so much to explore. So, you know, some 20 some odd years later, uh, do you guys recall getting the call from IDW about wanting to return? No, it, it started earlier than that. I think it was when Andrew Modine put out his own two-part conclusion. Oh, I yeah. Think, I really think that had as much to do with it as anything, that it it, it yeah. brought it to a certain amount of people's attention. I mean, he asked, you know, he contacted us, asked if, if we'd mind. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care, you know. I told him a lot of the things we were planning on doing to tie it up and he went and did it, you know, and it wasn't necessarily the way I would have done it or what I would have done, but it was, it was fun, but it, I think it helped get a turtle fandom thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And then once, I think once I, not IDW, but whoever it is that bought the turtles, I think they just figured they, they were, yeah, Viacom, they got, there's 23 issues sitting there that we could reprint, so they checked with us and asked if we'd be interested and we both said, yeah. And you know, it, it, geez, it was two or three years. I think that was Kevin Eastman had a, a big part. Yeah. Kevin was in our that. corner. Kevin was in our corner. He wanted to see that stuff reprinted, but yeah. IDW was going through the whole catalog library yeah. of turtle stuff. We print all the old stuff and they finally got to us. And so they were planning on doing it regardless. But, you know, Kevin was really in our corner. So Kevin did a lot of the covers, variant covers. And uh, he did them all, actually. Yep. Oh, very cool. I didn't. I was curious. About, and I, I was going to ask you guys about the fan issues. I mean, so you did have some uh, input? Yeah, some input. Yeah. We, we had, cool. I, I kind of did, I did covers for those books. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin eked one of the covers, Kevin Eastman, uh, the double page, you know, front and back cover. Sure, I didn't realize that. And uh, I had a couple of page layouts for, for uh, Arsini, who lives, who, who's in Russia. Kind of took my layouts and drew, you know, penciled them and inked them up. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of had some input. Garrett gave Andrew some notes, and I did some layouts for, for Andrew and for Arsini. Those are the guys who, those who didn't know about it. Like, there, yeah, there's an, uh, you can find them digitally because I just tracked them down. Um, actually, my my sound engineer, a guy named Ian Williams, tracked them down for me online, uh, and I had read them for the first time. Like after I finished your guys's run, then I checked out what what might have been there. And there's a lot of stuff that is similar to it, which I was like, okay, there must be some input from you guys. So yeah. that was, I was curious about what that was. So yeah, he asked what we had planned to do. I said, well, as I recall, this is how we're going to tie it up, and he went with it. You know, when IDW checked in with us i was like well i i didn't want to do <laughs> exactly what he had done you know i sure. think i took a quick look but then got out the notes and uh tried to keep it somewhat different you know did you uh was so you guys did three issues was it like you guys looked at your old notes and figured out this is what the story would have been or did any new ideas kind of come into the fray when you restarted up uh, 
I don't know, took a look at the notes and said, okay, let, let's do this. You know, I don't know that we were trying to make it a continuation of the other one. So we weren't, you know, necessarily looking to do anything real different that I recall. I mean, they didn't, nobody said, I don't remember. Did they tell us not to do anything, Frank, on the new ones? Uh, we, I think we kind of did our own thing. Uh, Andrew and our uh, Shinny kind of try to tie it into the continuity of uh, yep, the he me. yeah, into the more uh, the kind of be a transition between volume. You know, we were volume two and volume four was going on at the same time, wasn't it? As, as you know, it wasn't he could Peter be. Still, uh, yeah, Peter was still doing some books, the uh, Red yeah. Turtles or whatever they were doing, and. Uh, and to try to tie in when he did their fan take on it, the last those both yep. two issues, and to try to tie in between, I meet a bridge in between both volumes, volume two and volume four, and just kind of tie it all together. Yeah, because volume four, which was Peter Laird's book in the uh, yeah, right, right. So he tried to transition yeah. to that. I mean, he had Baxter. Uh, what the, the guy's name? Stockman, the robot. Yeah, the Baxter thing kind of tied him into the. To their story, Andrew and uh, Arsini. And Gary and I, we kind of just did our own thing as far as to, to conclude it. But, you know, Gary knows yeah, more about the had, story than I do. So, yeah, we might have kept some of those stuff. Yeah, X amount of space. So, we uh, we did. And even there, though, I did. I sent the scripts on to, to Andrew, and, and he did help yeah. with a couple of twists and help us, you know, get closer to the other continuity and it, it was you know great did uh you always plan to bring back like donnie minus the robot stuff and leo's hand was that always in the cards oh, i think yeah, we, we were, were working i think we were working and toward that way back then yeah yeah we might have come on a different concept as far as you know had a different thing about the cyber stuff in mind it might have been like a government thing or an alien thing but he kind of went away from that and kind of just, you know, what Shredder and the King Komodo, Warlord Komodo, had something going on. So where they got the technology from, we really didn't get into that. So nope. So we still don't know where exactly that technology came from. No. For Urban Legends Part 2, that'll be. Yeah. See? What was, it like <laughs> seeing the, what was it like seeing these issues in color for the first time so many years I ago? I liked it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of people who said, oh, I wish it would have been black and white. I said, yeah, I've seen the 20 years. I've seen the black and white for 20 years. I was ready for color. Yeah. So it was meant to be in color in the first place because when I drew that first issue back in 96, it was so over-rendered. I mean, it was, it was, I don't know, over-rendered. It was rendered for color, you know? So I was drawing for color. And Eric Larson inked that first issue. But... Well, Frank, that's a question for you. Like, how does it? How does drawing for color, drawing for black and white, like, how does that affect your styling in any way? Well, you know, when you draw for color, you, you, everything's gonna be separated. You check out your elements and all your figure work in color, and you know, also everything's kind of separated, so you can tell the foreground from the background stuff like that. And then when you start rendering too much in black and white, thinking it's gonna be in color, then something gets lost and you know confused in black and white sometimes. So I adapted to try to draw more like start, you know, negative and positive space, you know, spot in my blacks and, and uh, 
make a negative area, to make it more reader friendly visually, you know, so you can to, to that to adapt it to the black and white. So trying to simplify it to make it more less a lot less rendering, a lot less cross hatching or not over hatching and stuff like that. Just look at it and you can see what's going on. Sure, because you won't have the color to aid you to do that. Yeah. And but then you know what? When it did it like that even back then, the sheet and color now it still looks pretty cool. Yeah. So it, it even works in color just you know, think you're drawing for black and white, but then it's, you know, basically you're always drawing on black and white anyway. Yeah. Color's always added, so Oh yeah. And uh I only have yeah. the issues, only twenty like I said, I have all the originals, so I I only got twenty four through twenty six, and there is a part of me that's like you know, they would be cool to have in color, too. Like, they do look great like that. Want to have black and white, too? Yeah, I have the originals. So, to, to 24 and 26. No, 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 no. I'm saying, uh, I, 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 it, like, part of me, because I have 24, 25, 26 in color, part of me is, like, tempted to go back and buy all the ones in color. Just oh, so you don't have the first 23 in color. Okay. No, I just have the original image run that I've had in my... Yeah, you're lost. <laughs> it does look great. They really do look. Uh, it looks. It looks cool in color. Yeah. Yeah. It looks. It looks cool in color. Yeah. But you know, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, unless, unless you would, do, you, do you have any uh, anything you want to talk about, like uh, ideas you'd still like to address? Maybe if if a sequel ever comes your way, or do you want to save those for another day? Well, we really haven't discussed it. We're not, 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 until we hear something, we haven't really talked about it. No. Sure. Oh, but Gary and I, we always come up with something. If we, if, if they want us to do something, we'll come up with something. Yep. We'll wow them with something else. You know. And I, I think we got a pretty good, uh, re good reception with what we did for these last three issues and bringing it back. And it felt good. It was nice. It was nice to revisit. Yep. But I feel like you guys are getting the praise now that you deserve. You know, twenty some odd years ago, because it is a cool take on the turtles, and it's it's something that's. You know, at the time, Turtles was on the downswing, and I guess it just wasn't cool anymore. But, like, it's it's cool to see now people appreciating a book that, again, I discovered almost 20 years ago and was like, no, these are really cool takes. But it's it's nice to see that happening now. So it's cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was weird going to different shows. I mean, out in Detroit, there were a lot of fans showing up, but... For even even the ones that were fans of what we were doing were more into the like, the cartoons and stuff. So yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of kids grew up with the cartoon or the yep. movie. You know, even the toys. You know, Fisher Price toys and all that. The marketing. A lot of people didn't realize there was turtle comics. It's you know, a, I, grew up off, you know? I grew up with the cartoon, and I probably yeah. didn't the Mirage comics till I was a teen. Yeah, into the nineties, and then again, I discovered your book. Uh, when I was in high school. So it, it took me a while to find out there's anything aside from the goofy, lovable cartoon. Alabunga. Yeah, all that shit. <laughs> yep. yep. So, Brian, were you happy the way we resolved the, the, the series? With those I was, very pictures? much so, yeah. I, 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 was, I didn't know where, uh, what we were going to do with Lady Shredder. I figured, okay, it's, it's going to be Karai. There's no way it couldn't be Karai. So I liked it being somebody other than what I expected. Mm -hmm. um, I liked. I, I I think you should keep Raph if he, with one eye if you ever if you ever go back. I like the one eye look. I think it looks cool. Uh, I I really liked it. Like I said, I think some of the coolest stuff. And again, I don't know what it was, but Leo 
Leo turning into kind of a loner, a loner dick was kind of cool for me. <laughs> Not something you get a chance to see because again, they they hardly function as a team in the whole yeah. run in a in a really interesting way. So I I I love seeing it resolved and. Uh, I like Pimico. Uh, I'm not sure how to say the name. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. a great character, and seeing her kind of come full circle from a villain to an ally, I, I really enjoyed the whole run. And when it, when I heard it was coming back and a few issues for a wrap-up, I was all about it, and I love the result. It was great. Good. Glad well, I appreciate that. That, yeah. that, that thought was resolved nicely, you know? Oh, yeah. So. Last thing I want to ask you guys is uh, – who your favorite turtle is. Uh, Gary, do you have a favorite? Probably Michelangelo. Um, I, I just, I enjoyed him. Uh, he got the girls. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he did, yeah. And uh, showed his sensitive side. I, I think he was probably close to, I mean, if I've got a favorite, you know, and not by much, but yeah, I enjoyed doing some of that stuff. Frank? You know, I can't really say which one's my favorite. I really I feel like you draw one third, you draw them all, but you know, we mix them up, we mix them up different enough to where they're all very individual. So <laughs> I mean you, you, you know, we talk about you know to different differentiate them by doing the stuff to disfigure them or put them in a make them a cyborg and you know, one loses a hand. But you can draw them in body language too, and how they carry themselves. You can identify them that way too, you know. So if, yeah. if they were, would it still look the same? Like draw one turtle, you draw them all. I mean, I make Raph a little bit shorter than everybody, the rest of them, but he's a tough, tough little guy. Yeah. And you know, Mikey carries himself in a little more exuberant, and uh, Leo's got attitude, and Mikey's got that whimsical, you know, always. Wanting to, to uh, explore type figure, you know? oh, yeah. so, hey, you, can, you can kind of do it in body language and stuff too. But I, I think we, you know, we kept down until bigger than the, the rest of them too. After he lost the arm, yep. So I, I make him like maybe six inches taller than the rest of them because you know he's his, his spine's been elongated. He's got that yep. metal shell on him now, so <laughs> so we made him, made him a little bit bigger still. Well, but yeah, I can't really say which one's my favorite. I mean, I kind of like them all for different reasons, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't have one without the rest. I mean, that's that's an answer I've got. I've done a, a couple dozen of these, and that's an answer I've gotten a lot, is it's kind of, it's impossible to just pick one because they're all... Like your children. Unit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I can't take claim for creating them, though, so... Nope. So I can't take claim for recreating them. That's uh, Kevin Leesman and Peter Laird's thing. Well, again, guys, I, I, that kind of wraps it up for me. I, I just wanted to thank you so much for talking to me, and I'm so glad that uh, we got some more of those turtles and I uh, hope for more in the future. And, uh, again, just I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Oh, you bet. Thanks for having us.